Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined in this episode by my co-hosts. Nothing's ever just a conversation with him. Eric Hall. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I love the delay. And I know she will do the Continental Proud. Introducing Angelica Jade Bastien. What the fuck is up, motherfucks? <laughs> I love the energy right out of the gate. This is going to be very exciting. Angelica, I am very pleased to have you here. Uh, I'm happy that all of these kind of things fell into place to make this to make this work. I would say uh, that I have been sent two of your articles from our listeners, maybe a combined 57 times. That's a very specific number. I don't want to say that I went back and I counted each instance. <laughs> However, URLs tend to stay the same. So I got your Grace of Keanu Reeves article the most. I believe that was... I can't remember the source. I saw it on RogerEbert.com. And then Keanu Reeves remains our greatest star 30 years on. So your bona fides are established. Big fan. Can you give us the elevator pitch for Angelica Jade? <laughs> then uh, the elevator pitch for who the fuck I am, for people who have no idea, uh, I'm a 31, dear God, year old in <laughs> Chicago who is a culture critic for New York Magazine site Vulture. Uh, I love cats. I have two cats named Professor Butch Cassidy and the other is named Paul Newman. You can see the theme running here. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I'm just an all-around broad who loves film and good times. What can I say? That's fantastic. Okay. Love it. Love it. Uh, what we do is we ask every one of, uh, every one of our guest hosts... What was the first Keanu movie you remember watching? Point Break. That's the one that I remember. Incredible. Great, great movie. So I'm assuming based on your current age, you were maybe a little too young to have seen Point Break at the time. So maybe describe your circumstances for having watched it. I was definitely probably a little too young to like get everything, you know, that yeah. was going on in the movie. But it had my interest because there were hot men in the movies. See what I'm saying? <laughs> no, that's, it doesn't take much for me to love a film, you know, if you have really hot dudes in it. <laughs> no no a, lies detected. And it's just a fun movie. It makes you want to live in that world. Yeah, they definitely do a good job of bringing you in. And you can't, I mean, Swayze, it's like undeniable charisma. And then with Keanu in there as well, it's, it's awesome. Point Break is an excellent first entry for Keanu. Uh, and then I have to ask, I always, this is always just kind of like a personal preference thing, but if you could off the top of your head, what are your like top three, maybe top five Keanu films? I love to see where people come from when it comes to him. Ooh, okay. Top five Keanu films. Um, definitely Point Break is on that list. It's mm -hmm. first and lasting love. Uh, I really, really, really love my own private Idaho uh, I love John Wick. I love A Scanner Darkly. And you know what? To just round out that, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say Constantine. <laughs> oh, shit. Breaking out the Constantine. <laughs> that, is a, that is a good list. And kind of, uh, that, that runs the gamut. There's some new stuff, some old stuff. I dig it. I dig it. 
All right. That's that's Angelica Jade right there. So I, we're, we're going to get into it. So let's, let's not mince any words. I'm going to do some housekeeping real quick, and then we're going to start episode proper. So uh, up top, as always, want to mention you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. Uh, I will not read the entirety of this email, um, but we got one from Helen Moon talking about how much she enjoys the podcast. I'm going to say it was probably about seven or 800 words. So <laughs> I, um, it was a lot and I was very moved by it. So shared it with the co-hosts. We're all very, very appreciative of it. Helen, thanks for taking the time to do that uh, and for the, for the really, really kind words. Uh, I also want to note that Helen weirdly enough, was the uh, listener who pointed me to Angelica, your tweet about wanting to be on more podcasts. So it's uh, it's all this weird full circle thing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if you happen to be watching live on Periscope or Twitch, you can time in, chime in with your two cents, have us read your comments aloud, agree, debate you, whatever is called for. I've had a number of people reach out getting, about getting the podcast on YouTube. That is in progress. It will be done hopefully within the next week and a half. So stick with us. Finally, if you want to be excellent to us, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, brings more folks into the fray. We only have like four episodes left until we get to the end of Keanu's career, and then we move on after a short hiatus. So uh, join in now. It's great. You have a huge backlog to catch up on. All right. Angelica, if you could, I would love for you to tell us what we're here to talk about today. Okay, today we're talking about the egregiously long, but still fun, John Wick <laughs> Chapter 3, Parabellum. And so here's the plot synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes. John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassins Guild, and with a $14 million price tag on his head, he is the target of hitmen, and of course hit women, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the movie has four writers credited, uh, Derek Kolstad, Shay Hayden, Chris Collins, and Mark Abrams, based on Kolstad's characters. And it was directed, of course, by Chad Stileski, who needs no further introduction. And <laughs> alongside Keanu is a lot of great actors. I really enjoyed the cast. So it's Holly Berry, Ian McShane, Lawrence Fishburne, Mark Dacascos. Asia, Kate Dillon, Lance Reddick, Angelica fucking Houston, and <laughs> Jerome Flynn. And so, uh -huh. Eric, what do the critics and the people have to say about the movie? Well, unsurprisingly, this is pretty high rated. Uh, and on Rotten Tomatoes, John Wick 3 has a 90% critics rating and an 86% audience rating. And honestly, I'm surprised. I would have expected that to be flipped. Um, mm. This movie does have some flaws. We'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, are, they are, of course, very close because everyone loves John Wick. Uh, from critic Chris Klimek from NPR, uh, the set pieces are more imaginative and daring than ever. There's a musicality and wit to the action that only the Mission Impossible series can equal. Interesting. Is that true? Sure. Is that true? Are the Is Mission Impossible true? series and John Wick, like, are they on the same level? Oh, the Mission Impossible series really picked up after the third one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. They, they, they got real Fallout good. slaps. Yeah. Okay. yeah, 
All right. Yeah, All you right. need to circle back to that if the last thing you saw was that John Woo one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a different okay. it's a different franchise at this point. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Uh, user Max G uh, said that the John Wick movies never disappoint. Keanu Reeves' performance is outstanding. The choreography is honestly great. Everything about the film I honestly enjoy. Uh, there are a few parts that don't make sense, but overall, it's a good film. I always love a, a really rousing <laughs> review that then admits that there are parts that don't make sense. Uh -huh. uh, from our listeners, uh, Zoe chimed in. I needed a rest after this one. It was relentless. Such a relief for John to go for a stroll in the Sahara Desert. I would argue mm. that's the boring part of the movie. Seriously, right. though, such a great movie, stretching Keanu's abilities and some lovely deadpan moments that made me laugh out loud. Holly Berry in the backwash, Zero being a massive fan, and oh, they took a finger comment from Lawrence Fishburne. Not showing any signs of running out of steam, I can't wait for John Wick number four. Okay. Uh, and then Melissa also chimed in, um... We're going to summarize Melissa's thoughts, but uh, I have many opinions on this movie and not many are good. Overall, my least favorite in the franchise, and it sits in the bottom half of my Keanu Reeves movie ranking. To me, it felt too long. At one point during the first viewing, I looked at my watch to see how much time had passed because I was ready to be done with it. I will say this movie made me really question Keanu's acting ability. His speaking parts were really forced, and he doesn't play angry well. Uh, and then the most common question, apparently, or comment about this was, what is wrong with Keanu's hair in this movie? <laughs> and frankly, I didn't notice anything wrong with his hair. Yeah, but... I, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more than once it came up in our emails and tweets that apparently he was rocking, this is verbatim, hair drapes? Um, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I guess I, I just assumed that the hair, I, I thought it was pretty similar to John Wick too, but I, I guess I'm wrong because a lot of people called it out. So maybe it's, maybe it's us. Hmm. I don't know. Mm, I didn't see it. I don't it, think but. so. I don't think it's us. People can be wrong. A lot of people can be wrong <laughs> and I can still be right. So that's where I think we're at. <laughs> All right, perfect. So nothing's wrong with Keanu's hair. I think we we nothing. we just solved it here. No, nothing's wrong with Keanu's hair or his acting, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to get to now. So Angelica, you are our guest. I I ask you this question. John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Great John Wick movie or greatest John Wick movie? It's a good John Wick movie. <gasps> not even great <laughs> not even great not even great and i actually like you know i know a lot of people not a lot of people but i know some people feel like it's diminishing returns with this franchise i don't necessarily agree with that i still think the first one is the strongest because it's the tightest yeah. as a movie like it just like works like clockwork it's just really well paced the action's amazing all that stuff and with the third one I really love the action scenes, even the one that's really the motorcycle one that's really cribbing from uh, the film, The Villainess, even that one. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a fun movie. It's definitely too long, but I think the characters are striking. 
the action set pieces are evocative it's having fun with itself keanu this plays into keanu's strength strengths as a performer in my opinion um storytelling wise is where the messiness comes in in my opinion like for the most part i don't think it's the faults of the actors or even the directing i feel like a lot of stuff is working in the movie it just needs a tighter story I was on a uh, I was on a different podcast talking about John Wick Chapter Three. It just so happened to uh, <laughs> coincide with like the scheduling of ours, and they brought up an interesting point. I would love to get both of your opinion on this. So there are this movie has four writers on it, and one of those writers is the co-executive producer of the show, The Continental. Do you think they maybe went a little bit overboard in trying to establish the world for the show? here in this movie. I can see that argument. I mean, I don't necessarily mind the extended world build. I mean, some of it doesn't fully work for me. I'll admit that. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically the whole traveling in the desert section of it. And I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, I guess they're weird assassins and they're very ostentatious. Sure, maybe this is how you want people to meet you. Uh, But, you know, I can see that argument, but I don't, I'm not necessarily that upset with the extended world building enough to bitch about it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a possibility. Um, I, in general, I I agree with, with what Angelica said as far as like this movie just kind of has a little sequelitis, a little like sequel bloat. And mm. I, I feel like, like uh, some of the world building was great. Like I love the addition, addition of the adjudicator, the, the idea behind, or that one of the themes running behind this movie is, you know, like paying for consequences, paying for your actions um, and, and everybody faces the consequences. I like that. Um, I have the same problem that I had sort of in the second one, which is the travel doesn't amount to anything. So, like, he goes, he meets Holly Berry. They uh, go and speak to, I can't even remember the character's name. And if that were the whole segment, that would be fine. And... I would be fine with that character setting up the third act, but once they, once sort of everything goes wrong there and he wanders the desert, um, that, that world building doesn't even really make sense to me. Like we've known for two movies that the high table is the, is the highest point in this sort of hierarchy. And then they just add one random guy who lives in the desert actually runs everything who's who appears to be younger than everyone in this world i don't know like (laughs) Uh like it just this it didn't fit the structure the like like that sort of elegant like angelica was saying like clockwork that world building was so perfect and i feel like they just kind of blew it up a little bit here um Mm -hmm. i don't know this movie is i got static in the group chat because this is not my favorite, and apparently, uh, I don't know, it's everyone else's favorite. Um, I enjoy this movie, but I, I think it's a little overblown. I think they, 
I, it got away from them. And I, and I do agree that it got away from them in the writing. Like everyone, everyone is doing a great job, but like, you know, Angelica Houston shows up and there's, there's some sort of subplot where, you know, we learn that John is from Belarus, but that, that amounts to nothing. Yeah. I really, the Angelica Houston stuff. I'm curious what you guys think. Cause I love Angelica Houston. Love, love, love her. But I feel like this this movie was drawing too hard a line of, well, this is where John Wick comes from, and this is why he moves like this. Look at them. They're ballerinas, and they're also doing wrestling. Get it, y'all? And I'm like, we don't need all of that. Like, it's okay to keep some mystery with the character. I don't know why they did that whole section. I just felt it was a little too much. Yeah. I would say that's probably one of the things... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that showed up in the TV show in some capacity. Like, that, the, uh, uh, what was it called? The Ruska Roma, I think they said. So, like, oh, we have the Continental. We also have this group over here. Then over here we have this group. And and that's kind of the premise for the TV show. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I loved all of that ballet stuff. I loved Angelica Houston. But I was like, man, let's let's get moving. Let's get moving here. yeah. Yeah, there there are just too many bits like that that kind of slow it down. Um, you know, it opens strong. Um, I mean, you know, it starts basically, you know, in that hour after <laughs> after number two, and you know, every assassin in New York is looking for John. It's fantastic. Um, you know, yeah. Jason fucking manzukas shows up and i'll watch anything <laughs> that man does um he's woefully underused i hope the tiktok man has way more to do in john wick four um you know all of that stuff is great the adjudicator shows up um even like uh mark dacascos i was kind of surprised when he shows up because he's he's you know a b movie action star but he yeah fits really perfectly in that role he's kind of like he's like generic john wick he's like bobo john wick when your parents wouldn't buy you <laughs> nikes you got you got mark de costco's um uh, and he works like really well in that um that he, at, at the end like part of his performance was bugging me a little bit because it seemed like he was maybe a little too flip and too arch for this particular movie, which the tone seems a little heavier, it's not quite as light as the first two, um, but him sort mm -hmm. of fanboying out at the end, uh, right before their like big fight, I was like, oh, I see. Okay, I get what's happening here. The stuff with the the Continental being deconsecrated, and then like five minutes later being reconsecrated, <laughs> like. It's that you easy. introduce steaks you and then them. immediately take them away. Yeah, uh, that was really frustrating. And that may speak to the point that the other podcast was making about, you know, they can't deconsecrate it and then have a TV show called The Continental. But the best <laughs> part about that whole sequence is that Lance Reddick finally gets to kick some ass. Because I, I think know. I mentioned like <laughs> So good. I was like, give this man the TV show. This is right? the guy I want to see. Run I mean, the, the I continental hope, show. I hope he's on it. Like I could see, I don't think Ian McShane wants to go back to television, 
So like I could see him maybe dropping in, but I would totally love if it was just the Lance Reddick show. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sold. The action set pieces are, you know, amazing. Um, you know, the, the just fight in the old weapons museum and that wonderful comic moment when they realize they're like in a room full of knives. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, to, to Angelica's point, the, the horse chase sort of ninjas on motorcycles thing we've seen, but it's executed well. Um, the dog fight, sorry, they don't dog fight. It is a fight mm. where dogs are involved. Um, that really just gets me. I, I, this is a film franchise where they kill dogs. And I was like, you better not kill a fucking dog. Uh, um, <laughs> again, <laughs> I was like, I can't go through this again. Um, but that was, that was wonderful. The one fight I didn't really care for was, was the final fight. And th there's a couple of reasons. I mean, the first thing is I just, I don't understand the architecture. Like none of the architecture of the continental in this movie makes sense. Um, you know, there's a big shootout in the lobby and then, yeah. and then John Wick and, and Sharon, Sharon, Lance Reddick's character, are able to just walk away and go get new guns? Like, no one follows them. I didn't see them <laughs> close the door or whatever. So there's all that. Then they, they, you know, John fights his way up the pagoda, if you will, to use a Game of Death reference. And there's just a big glass room in the middle of the Continental. And like, we've seen the outside of the Continental. I don't understand where that room lives. I don't understand why that room would be there. It doesn't fit with any other decor or anything that it appears that like Ian McShane's character would normally do. It's just something it feels like Chad and the set designer thought would look cool. I don't mm. know. Um, and the better fight, I don't really like the fight with Mark Dacascos. The better fight is with the two Indonesian martial artists from the raid. And I'm sorry, I, I don't recall their name. I could pull up IMDb, but the, those two guys, their fight is just so much better. And like they're chatting in Indonesian. And of course, John speaks Indonesian. Like it's just a really rad fight. Yeah. But it's too fucking long. <laughs> the whole... The whole fight is too long. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to say their names because <laughs> I, I credit where credit is due. Um, yeah. It's Sep Sep Arif Rahman and Yayan Ruin, um, who are from the raid. So just you know, and and they them. are incredible. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. I I'm probably more fond of the fight with Mark Dacascos than you are. And partially because I just enjoyed his character a lot and I've always had a soft spot for him and I feel he really fits in this world well and I think one of the strengths of the John Wick films is their casting like the casting directors obvious and Chad Stahelski obviously open to getting a really interesting range of actors and not just whom you would expect uh, in the role which is why I like it a lot um, yeah, but yeah, the architecture of the Continental does not make sense. Everything with the Continental in this movie actually doesn't make any sense on a plot level or <laughs> an architecture level. There's just a lot of problems with it. 
I mean, I think that sort of speaks to how the architecture of the story itself doesn't work because it's it there's you know I don't I'll be completely honest I don't give a fuck about plot holes you know I feel people get really obsessed with plot holes but my problem is when multiple things aren't making sense then that calls attention to everything else that's not making sense so it just ends up being a little frustrating watching this movie and I mean, it frustrates me most of all that it's so fucking long. This movie does not need to be like two hours and 11 minutes. That's like no action movie needs to really be that long. Like unless you're like a grand fucking master of action, like don't be do movies are better when they're tight anyway. Come on, people look at classic Hollywood. They were doing 90, 80 minute movies. And that shit was hot fire. If it's good enough for Alfred Hitchcock, it's good enough for you. Dear God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Get in, get out. Give me 90 minutes. That's all I need. Yeah. This movie would be so much better if it was just tighter. And also the editing also makes, I think, makes certain things confusing with fight scenes. So I can see why the mix of like the architecture of that glass bougie room plus editing choices could make things kind of confusing. Did they, did they change editors on this one? Because I felt like the first two movies, one of the the best points of it was everything was very clear in a fight scene. And this one, I didn't feel that way. Um, Let me actually check. I'm going to check right now. Evan Schiff. Let me see. It's a, I don't know. It was weird to me. Okay, so the first one was edited by Elizabeth Ronalds, and then mm-hmm. the last two are edited by Evan Schiff. So it has the same editor as Chapter 2. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I agree. There's something about the editing in this movie, and I couldn't like pinpoint... Ex- I mean, I think they're coming into certain scenes too early... <laughs> And then they're just like, it's like trim these motherfucking scenes every which way, like make everything tighter. I don't know. I think there's some of the editing does feel sloppy to me, though. Yeah, there might be too many, too many goals, right? They're trying to do too many, trying to accomplish too many things. And that's where we had always talked about the first movie, basically stripped an action movie down to the bare bones of the house. It's like, here's what you get. Just just the the most minimal of plots. This one has added everything back in plus so much more. So then, how do we juggle all of this information that we're trying to convey here? (laughs) I really hope with the fourth one, they go back to basics, like keep it tight, keep it lean. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't need, I feel like what brings people to action movies is not the story. You just need a simple story well told for an action movie and then you can have fun with everything else you know what i mean you can make the production design garish if you want to be you can do you can show people using their bodies in balletic you know absolutely bonkers ways that you know no person could actually move in real life you can do so much but like keeping the story simple i think it's like a golden rule for a movie like john wick chapter three and they just yeah. make everything more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah that that seems to be that seems to be the consensus that that a lot of people uh, 
have also arrived at, our listeners included. <laughs> Many people in chat are absolutely agreeing with you, Angelica. So there you go. I have a couple quick thoughts because we've already said everything there is to say about this. So, um, <laughs> so I'll just say like tangential things that I thought were really neat. So uh, this is not necessarily about the film, that, or kind of in a weird way, but the team that works on the marketing and graphic design for these movies has to be having a blast because the the artwork and the posters and all of the DVD and Blu-ray covers, they're so badass. I love them so much. It's so effective. It works on me. Every single one of them has. So just a shout out to those people. Um, in So Eric was also on our uh, review of John Wick Chapter 2. At the end of that, I said, I've never seen a movie more confident about getting a sequel based on the final moments of the film. I will remove that crown from John Wick Chapter 2 and place it firmly on the head of John Wick Chapter 3. <laughs> if somehow this movie did not get picked up for a fourth film, the ending of this movie sucks. It's awful. <laughs> Are you angry? Yeah. And then we're done. And I, I hate that. I mean, that would have been... Obviously, these movies have been on and up into the right trajectory for every single one of them, but... Um, at least the second one stands like if they were like, we're not going to make a third one. That second one has an ending that's like, okay, great. This one is like, we got it. We're just saving a bunch for chapter four. We did as much as we could here. Let's just wait for chapter four to tell the rest of this story. So, uh, yeah, I've been a little bit cagey about how I feel about this movie, but uh, I think like as they add these traditional action elements back, uh, I think the storytelling and filmmaking benefits, but it's it then then it becomes too long and over and like drawn out. Like we've said, like the first two movies are like sit back and relax for me. Like I'm like great, this is popcorn. I don't need to really think too much. I'm just being visually entertained, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the stakes are very low. The opening scene of, of of this movie with the countdown, like we have 30 minutes and we got to figure out what this dude's going to do in 30 minutes. I felt like a real tension when I saw it for the first time. I was like, oh, shit, like everyone in this city is coming for this guy. What do you do with like 30 to 40 minutes? And I really, really like that. Uh, but as both of you have said, it is at the cost of like a slightly more sloppy narrative overall. We have to like go to a bunch of different places for some reason, even though it always ends back in New York all the time. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting if that's the case again. We're like, John Wick Chapter 4, do we go somewhere only to come back to New York? Is that is that the circle we're in? Yeah, can I make one more point before we yeah. move on? You know, one thing I was thinking about with the first one is that it's really steeped in, like, noir ideas and, and very much seems, like, in the mood of a neo-noir which is totally not true with the last two they're far mm. more action forward and action or in like fit within the action genre in terms of narrative beats and everything it would be really fun to see if with chapter four they bring back more of a noir vibe and a simpler story i think that would really really be interesting yeah a lot of people have likened this um and I don't, I don't necessarily know how I feel about this comparison, but I've heard it a number of times now, uh, the trajectory of this to the Fast and Furious films, right? <laughs> Where 
they had like they had like their soft reboot in the middle. Eric could speak more to this, I think. He's a bigger fan than I am. <laughs> but like Fast Five, I guess, from there on, they're kind of different movies than they were prior to that. Uh, and at what point is is John Wick going to jump that shark as well and have like submarines and cars racing? I, I don't know. It's It's interesting to think about that as a kind of a parallel. I'd like to think that what Angelica is saying is the direction that they would go is instead of going bigger, I'd like to see them pare it down a little. I mean, they also kind of have a, a villain problem as they move forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the first movie you have a, a very clear villain, you know, he kills his dog, he steals his car. We get it. Um, you know, the second movie starts to get a little more muddled, but like, you know, we understand it by the third movie, I guess, arguably John is kind of his own worst enemy, but like, and don't get me wrong. I love Asia Kate Dillon's adjudicator and everything they are wearing in this movie. Yeah. And they work as a villain, but I don't feel like it's, it's not on the same level. It's not as clear as, This guy killed my dog. I'm going to go kill him. Like John Wick doesn't really have any problem with the adjudicator. Right. Um, It's the system. And that's, that's where I feel like this one gets a little muddled. You know, there's no final confrontation with the adjudicator. In fact, Oh, no, they do meet at the end. Okay. I was like, I was like, do they even meet at the end? They do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. On the roof. Yeah. So like moving forward, hopefully it doesn't just get more amorphous. Um, And it's just, you know, John against the high table who we don't even know who that is. Yeah. We know that there are, we know of it from the, the the world building that there are multiple people that sit on it. We we've met the guy that sits above it, <laughs> right? So like we we have like a couple faces or at least an idea of the group, right? So it's some Illuminati level stuff going on here. So uh that will be interesting to have like a single focus uh, as a villain. That's, that checks out. I only ha- my only other note here, I would love to know if both of you agree. I think this is the funniest one of the three. I think this one is, there are some laugh out loud moments here for me. Is that true for both of you as well? No? Okay. No. Yeah, I was like, ah! <laughs> uh, uh, um, I would say like wry. Like it was yeah. very wry humor, but like I, so like um, the thing about uh, in Morocco, like he shot my dog and John's just like, I get it. <laughs> like, just little stuff like that. Um, I mean, I definitely were, think it's funny. I'm not I'm not saying it's not funny. Um, yeah, it's not a comedy, for sure. Yeah. But I just think that they punched this script up a little bit more than the other two. Yeah. I, I think. Definitely. No. Well, I disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> which one? <laughs> I Wait, don't know. Which one? I, found the, <laughs> I, I found this just more... I felt the tone was 
way more serious than the other ones. But, I, they, you know, I might be projecting. Maybe I'm just in a bad headspace. But, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> it's like, possible. Hey. Like, no, you can have a different reading. That's, there's like, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, like the scene, I felt like we didn't get anything like the scene um, in the Continental in Rome when he's suiting up. Um, mm. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like, like, and those are, those are overt jokes, but like, you know, the joke that you mentioned about, I get it, that felt really winky to me. That felt like they were pointing at the audience. I don't know. Like, of course he's going to make that joke, I guess, but it just, it felt really forced. I, I didn't find this as, as light as the other ones. And, and two is still my favorite. Oh, that's interesting. Two's your favorite. Huh. Yeah. Because I like that they expanded the world building a little bit and gave it that little bit of room to breathe. Um, but uh, not as much as they did in this one. Yeah. They should have just picked like one part of this world to build out. Like a small part. Rather than like, oh, let's build like everything out. And, like, invent some people that you didn't even know existed. It's like, alrighty, I mean, I guess. This seems kind of confusing. I don't understand how this would work as a structure. And, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, when he goes to Morocco and he's like, I need to meet this guy. And they go to meet that guy. And in the background, part of the sort of set dressing world building is this guy makes the gold coins and he makes the markers that we've seen in the other films. I'm like, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. cool. But then why would it, why would he also be the person that John needs to talk to? Like it, wouldn't that just be a guy that makes gold coins and markers? Like (laughs) what are you, what are you giving me here? Yeah. Why is he so powerful? He just happens to be in the same geographic area as the guy who sits above the table. Apparently that's it. Just go to the desert, keep walking, walk a little more. You're good. This You're movie good. could have been a half an hour shorter if that was just the guy that sat above the table. Like, just make that the guy he has to talk to. Yeah, and 30 minutes shorter is exactly what this movie needs to be. That's perfect amount to cut off. And you could totally see where to cut it off. <laughs> that, yeah. All right. I, can, I see what I'm, you did there. I'm, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm nodding along. I'm nodding along. It's an audio <laughs> format, but I am nodding. So I just thought I would acknowledge that. Uh, Whitney would not uh, would not forgive me if I didn't note that. Uh, I think it is it has been mentioned, but uh, just that the casting of this seems to be more queer, more inclusive. Right, that's always a good thing. Even as even the operators, Whitney had pointed out, some of the operators appear to be non non binary people. It, you know, all in that same kind of cool old school uniform, just be there, be tattooed, be alternative. That's really rad. And then a museum knife fight. She wanted me to call that out as well. So. <laughs> yeah. That's worth noting. It's, it's something I've never seen before. It was lovely. It was wonderful to watch. Okay. Do we have, do we have any other thoughts about John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum? I'm sure more will pop into my head when we go through <laughs> plot points. Okay. Angelica, you got anything? Uh, no, I'm good. I think I got a lot out. I feel like that was very cathartic. <laughs> Perfect. 
that's what we're here for. We, we as a sounding board, we want to yeah, we want to make sure everyone's heard. So uh, I'm very excited. We're going to move into our next segment. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She's got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. <laughs> Pop Quiz Asshole is a very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. If they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. Angelica, I have to stress, it's super important for you to remember the answers because our host is no joke. It's no joke. Uh, there will also likely be some bonus round questions, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So without further ado, I'd like to turn it over to our master of ceremonies, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> How is everyone doing today? It's great. Not, not bad, Charles. We're talking about a good movie this time. This is a very good movie. See? It's very good. Very good. Charles thinks so. <laughs> Charles, we have a very special guest, Angelica Jade, with us today. Hello, so. Angelica Jade. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Are you ready for some trivia? Unfortunately, sure. <laughs> Guess we're doing this. I'm going to lose. I hope everybody knows I'm going to lose. I hate shit like this. Don't judge me as a Keanu historian in the future. You know, no. like, wow, this bitch said she liked Keanu and she couldn't answer one of those damn questions. Mm, I don't know about her no more. No, I still love Keanu, but I'm terrible at quizzes. I will go ahead and say there is zero judgment. <laughs> <laughs> also, and Andrew, like I've lost. Yeah, Andrew and I usually lose, so it's. I've lost almost every round <laughs> to my co-host Whitney. For the record, I am garbage at this, so we're all in this together. I don't even. Beautiful. All right, all right. Whenever you're ready, Charles. This may be the week that the void wins. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, let's go ahead and start off with our first question being posed to Angelica. Uh, right. Okay, let's do it. At the beginning of the movie, when they're updating the bounty board, the bounty below John Wick's is for I Lebedev. What's the amount of the bounty? Oh my God. Oh my God, I have no idea. Is Hold it? On, we it's got multiple, multiple choice. choice. Oh, it's multiple choice? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, thank God. Is it two million? Three million or four million? <laughs> uh, I'll say four million. That is oh. incorrect. Oh, boo. <laughs> Steal. Andrew. <laughs> is, it, is it two million? That is correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I knew that. No, I did not. <laughs> All right. We're off to a start. Off to a start. Moving on to Eric. Oh, boy. What kind of puzzle is Winston working on when he gets the text about the excommunicado going into effect? Is it a Sudoku, a word jumble, or a crossword? I'm going to go with a crossword. 
That is correct. Yeah, Winston's sophisticated like that, right? Yeah. He's probably doing it in blood. I don't know. I was going to say <laughs> pen, He was but... using a fountain pen. All right. All right. <laughs> Were you even watching this movie? I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know, I was getting high when I was watching this, so maybe that was a bad idea. <laughs> no, I mean, you, it might be a subconscious I... thing. And this is like the perfect movie to get high and watch. <laughs> if I could get high, I would. But being a being from the void, I don't think I can. Mm. <laughs> Moving on to Andrew. All right. The scene where John builds his own revolver out of parts from others is a reference to what classic Western where oh, a character geez. does the same thing. It's never going to. Is it The Magnificent Seven, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or The Searchers? Shit. Uh, the Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Another one that I was totally, totally aware of. All right. You said it with such confidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back up to the top with Angelica. Okay, can't wait to lose again. Wow. <laughs> what is the name of the stable company that John gets chased into? Is it the Metropolitan Horse Stables, Hoof and Heart Stables, or Stinger Horse Stables? Oh, fuck. I don't know. A... That is correct. Oh, you wow. did it. <laughs> See? It's paying off. It's paying off. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to Eric. Yeah. What is the name of the first person to try and kill John in the library before his status goes into effect? Oh, man. Is it Dimitri? Ernest or Francis? Oh, it's a big NBA player. Uh, Dimitri. That is incorrect. Steal. I'll steal oh. it. I know the answer Angelica. to this. It's B for Ernest. That is correct. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. I mean, he looks like a Dimitri, though, right? Come on. Yeah, he does. That's why I was like, oh, this dude's going to say Dimitri so I can steal this shit. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. You understand how the game is played. <laughs> All right, moving on to Andrew. Okay. Which of the following does the Bowery King not declare himself to be during his initial meeting with the Adjudicator? The Throne, the King, or the Bowery? Uh, the Throne? That is incorrect. Shit! Steel? Angelica. Oh, I don't actually know. B? That is correct. What? <laughs> sure. He never calls himself he claims the king. He is the throne and he is the Bowery, but at no point does he say he is the king. He says that later, I guess, right? It is yeah. later yeah. before his seven cuts. 
Damn it. All right. Back up to the top for the last round of regulation questions to Angelica. Oh. All right. Okay, let's do it. Chad Stahelski created a form of martial arts just for this movie. Focusing on what? Is it belts, dogs, or motorcycles? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Okay, wait. At least I, I don't think it's C. So what was the first two again? Dogs or... Uh... Belts, dogs, or motorcycles? Dogs? I don't know. That is correct. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, okay, Chad. It seems the martial arts mainly focused on biting in the genitals and pulling on dead people. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. They'll be chewing on a dead person. And I kept going, wow, that's actually kind of weird. I don't know about this. Yeah, they just do what they're told until, they, until they're told to do something else. It's crazy. It's like, bite his dick. And then they'll just, they're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Moving on to Eric. <laughs> What does Winston say John does best? Hunt, kill, or survive? I do know this one because I wanted him to say kill, and he says hunt. That is correct. Nicely done. Nicely done. For the final regulation question, we go to Andrew. All right. What was John's response to, that was a good fight, huh? Was it, it was, huh, or yeah? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> That's a majority of his lines in this film is just yeah. the response. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Such gravitas. This takes us into our bonus round. We have three bonus round questions. These are not posed to anyone in particular, but instead asked, and then the contestants get to buzz in. Let's hear everybody's buzz in, starting with Andrew. Uh, mine is bzzz. Fantastic. Eric, what is your buzzer sound? Uh, I stole from Ruby Rod. It's bzzz. Great. And Angelica Jade, what is your buzzin' sound? Uh, buzz, buzz, bitch. There you go. <laughs> that is my favorite buzzer sound. Great. Oh Bonus God. round question number one. We see a Chad Stahelski cameo in this movie. Where do we see him? Is it... In a crosswalk, in the Continental, or in the Bowery King's Underground? Bzzz. Eric. Wild guess he's in the Continental. That is incorrect. <laughs> Andrew. The, the Bowery King's Underground? That is incorrect. God damn it. Angelica, do you have this? Oh, wait. 
I can still get it, even uh-huh. though it's. Are you God serious? Yeah. Yep. These are the rules. So, Consequences. So, what was the one you didn't mention? The crosswalk? <laughs> it was the crosswalk. Yeah. Oh, wow. You guys need to rewrite the rules. That's really not. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. <laughs> Sometimes we only have two. Sometimes it's three when it's three, you know? That's. <laughs> I get it. And Charles won't remind you at the end. So if you can't remember it, you're screwed. That's also the that's also <laughs> the, the key there. The answers don't get repeated for the bonus round. That is correct. <laughs> Moving on to bonus round question number two. In which room is the adjudicator staying? Is it 172, 217, or 721? Buzz, buzz, bitch. Angelica Jade. It was 217B, whichever was the second one you said. That is correct. (laughs) I think we're getting hustled, Eric. I think we're getting (laughs) hustled. Right? (laughs) It's got a real color of money vibe going on. Uh I understand. Or at the very least, Kingpin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. All right. All right. For the final question of Pop Quiz Asshole. How many times does John get stabbed or shot throughout the movie? Oh, my God. (laughs) Is it six, nine, or 12? Andrew. I'm going to go right in the middle. Nine. That is correct. Yes. That's a lot of times to be stabbed. I know. Wow. (laughs) Poor guy. For clarification, I am also including the time he chops off his own finger. Oh, God. All right. There you go. Spoilers. (laughs) Everyone's seen it, Charles. It's fine. Well, with that, we do have our final scores. Even after saying she was going to lose, six to two to four, our winner is Angelica Jade. (gasps) (laughs) I really thought it was good. You did it. Oh my God. This is our fanfare for you. You could do a lap, you can give a speech, whatever you're into. Um, You don't have to. No, I am. Uh, You shouldn't have said that because now I'm going to talk. I'd like to thank the John Wick Chapter 2 poster I have in my bedroom for being there for me better than any man could. So I'm kidding. That's totally not true. That's like, there's great there's great men in my life to the men who may be listening to this in the future. I, I promise. I, I love you all. I just like to make fun of men. You know, that's, that's all. Fair. Totally fair. But also, it makes sense. Like, when I tell people, oh, I was on a Keanu podcast and I won the pop quiz, they're going to be like, well, duh, bitch. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. After you said right up top to the contrary. So, you know, people know you. That's all. All right. Make sure everyone knows you scored the same that the other two scored combined. Oh, Charles, what a stab in the back. Oh, I'll definitely write that down. Thank you. 
You are welcome. Uh, I'm sure it'll make some of the some of the Twitter clips. All right, fine. And now we move on to pop quiz audience. All right. For our listeners at home, I will ask three questions, and you can tweet to me at the Nolan T H E N O W L I N or with the hashtag pop quiz audience. And if you get the right answer, I will call you out in the next episode. Our three questions from our last episode are as follows. Question number one, what time is it when Ed tells William they need a generator? It was two in the morning. No one got that right. <laughs> uh-huh. Mainly because I think they would have had to watch replicas again. <laughs> and who would want to do that? No, no. Question number two. What are the names of the officers who come to ask William about the car battery theft? It was Perez and Rodriguez. That was correctly guessed by Zoe. Way to go, Excellent. Zoe. Excellent! And question number three was, what Ivy League school's t-shirt does William wear throughout the movie? Zoe correctly got this one right as well. It was Stanford. Excellent! And here are our three questions for John Wick 3's pop quiz audience. Question number one. What time is it at the start of the movie, according to the clock tower? Number two. How many minutes will it be before Sophia and John leave after John gives her his marker? And question number three. What's the name of the dog that followed Orion through the sky? Tweet to me with your answers to get acknowledged in our next episode. That's fantastic. Charles, couple bits of housekeeping here. Um, she's not watching live, but it is Zoe's birthday, and I think she would appreciate a, a wish from you. Zoe, happy birthday. Congratulations on being born and lasting as long as you have. <laughs> Uh -huh. I am very happy that you exist. There you go. There you go. And and also, uh, Angelic, it should be noted, Chad is going crazy for you. So they're <laughs> they're celebrating your victory. It's if it feels I feel a little hurt, but that's okay. Um, so there you have it as well. Everyone, <laughs> I posted your Twitter, so that there you go. <laughs> People will be following. I love it. <laughs> So, Charles, thank you so much for all the work you do putting that goes into putting together a pop quiz, both for us and the audience. It, it, it can't be easy, but I appreciate it every week. I am always happy to do it. All right. Well, <laughs> I, we'll talk to you on the next episode. <laughs> have a great, have a great, <laughs> have a great time. Whatever you're going to be up to. I'm going to pop back into the void and get some sleep. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like Thank a plan. Thank you so much for having me. You all have a fantastic rest of your day. Oh, all right. That was fun. Angelica, not too bad, right? No, it's not too bad because I actually won. If I hadn't won, then it would be bad. <laughs> I can understand that. I can understand that. So, uh, Eric, 
this is uh, this is your part here. Uh, what you're going to do is just uh, hit some of the major plot points of this movie, and then we'll uh, get to our recommendations and rankings at the end. Are you ready? I am ready. Uh, the The Wikipedia right. plot summary of this bad boy is pretty extensive, so pardon me if I cliff noted a bit, but uh, <clears throat> the movie yeah. begins... Less than an hour after the events of the second film, where you remember John is a marked man because he killed a member of the high table in the Continental. Uh, so we see John sort of running through the city. He goes to the New York Public Library, uh, where he finds uh, another marker uh, that we saw in John Wick 2 and a crucifix. Um, but he's he's injured in a, a fight because every assassin in New York is looking for him. He goes to he hasn't 100 percent been excommunicado yet. Um, we're we're seeing that machinery put in place. So in the interim, he goes to one of the sort of assassin doctors played by uh, the key master from the Matrix um, for a little cool breeze crossover. And oh, I did not know that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the doctor doesn't manage to finish before the excommunicado is up, resulting in John finishing his own uh, patch-up job. And uh, the doctor asks him to shoot him so that uh, the high table doesn't think he, you know, assisted him while he was excommunicado, which leads to a wonderful bit of humor. You meant we talked about humor earlier. There is a funny bit here where the doctor's about to tell John where to shoot him, and John just shoots him right there. Um, I found <laughs> yeah. that very funny. Um, See? <laughs> Uh, as he's sort of making his way through New York City, he uh, gets attacked by a, a gang of assassins um, and randomly stumbles into an antique weapon museum. Um, what are the odds? Um, in there, uh, he tries to reconstruct a pistol, as we noted in Pop Quiz. And in my favorite scene that I mentioned earlier, they discover they are just in a room full of knives. Um, so that's a great fight. After that fight, uh, John meets with Angelica Houston, who is credited as the director. Um, she's the head of the Rusca Roma. Um, and they are the, the new sect, the new group we find in this world. Um, John, we learn... Um, is as a child was a member of this sect, and so he uses that status uh, to request passage, um, which the director knows will will cause her some static, but she agrees to give John passage. Um, and in the meantime, we meet the adjudicator, and the adjudicator's job is right there on the tin. It's right there in their name, but basically... Um, they are bringing all the consequences to the Continental, to Winston, to the Bowery King. Anyone that helped John has to answer to the adjudicator. Um, as part of this, the adjudicator hires Zero, um, who was the, the Mark Dacascos role that we mentioned earlier. 
Um, did anyone else find this a little too like Kill Bill Volume Two for them? That Zero is working as a sushi chef, or is that a trope in these movies that I'm not familiar with? I don't. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. He's just like this is everybody. It seems like uh, clearly like half of New York also moonlights as an assassin. So this is just what he does as <laughs> like as like his. When he files his taxes, he's like, oh, I'm a sushi, a sushi chef. But <laughs> That's true. I we also have all these gold coins, you know? We mentioned in two that we weren't sure why someone would walk around like cleaning the subway if they were also an assassin. So I guess, <laughs> right, I guess they do everyone. all have cover jobs, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, John ventures to Casablanca and meets up with Sophia, who's somebody he used to work with. And she ma uh, manages the Continental there. He still has a marker from Sophia and asks for her help to meet uh, the elder who is the person above the high table. Um, nobody, she doesn't know who the elder is, so they go to meet uh, Barada and... Um, he sort of vaguely tells them how to find the elder, um, but sort of asks for tribute and he asks for Sophia has two beautiful Belgian Malinois, Malinois dogs that she uses. He asks for one of them, which she refuses. Um, and he shoots the dog, which really pissed me off. Um, the dog is fortunately wearing a bulletproof vest, which of course it is. <laughs> so as you do that yeah that's what dogs do that's just what i've heard right we have one for our german shepherd i mean we do live in south philly <laughs> sophia there, there's a wonderful bit of tension here where john knows sophia is gonna lose her shit and he's kind of trying to talk her out of it um, mm -hmm. The end result is uh, she just wounds Barada, which is enough to get her in trouble. Um, and a wonderful fight ensues involving the dogs um, who are, as previously mentioned, are trained to sick balls. Um, <laughs> she, yeah. They fight their way out and per Barada's instructions, she drives him out to the desert, John out to the desert, where he wanders the desert until he's almost dead and that's how you find the elder um yeah. eric can i stop you for one sec sure i have a question for both of you because I'm, I'm super curious one what did you think of sophia's character arc in this movie and do you think we're going to see her again i think we can all agree she's like ultimate badass keep holds her own with John wick. But I felt a little like, I wish there was more there. Like clearly they have a history. There's a marker and all that stuff. But I was like, ah, it just ended. I, I was more really disappointed that she doesn't come back to New York with him. Like, I know that, it's so upsetting. She's already Ugh. like in trouble. Like the fact that <laughs> right. she doesn't come back seems like such a missed opportunity. I agree. I, I really like her character and I really hope we see more of her. Holly Berry really played off of Keanu very well, I think. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm, I'm hoping that they're just like we we 
made it very clear that she is alive and well somewhere for a return later on, like a, a very heroic moment where she comes in and saves the day. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, like, I, even if she was just like the, oh, who was in the first one? Um, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, even if she was just kind of the Willem Dafoe where, like, she's watching over him and, like, at a pivotal moment, the dogs come in and bite somebody's balls. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> mm, yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, but, and she seemed to like making this movie. I, I think I mentioned it on the second one, but, like, they both posted video of the gun training they did. And, like, Holly Berry yeah. fucking whips ass in that gun training video. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So for her to do all that work for one fight, I'm like, come on, guys, you had Holly Berry. Like maybe her quote's too yeah. high. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Could be. I mean, she is the Os only Oscar winner in this movie. So, um, so John meets the elder. There's some gobbledygook about his wife. The the elder says that he'll forgive him, but he has to come back and work for the high table forever. John cuts off his ring finger. Um, and he goes back to New York. As yeah. previously mentioned, this is my least favorite section of the film. <laughs> could have very easily been cut out. Um, in the meantime, the adjudicator has uh, come down to the Bowery uh, they require that the, that the Bowery King abdicate his throne and he refuses. So they, uh, cut him seven times as penance, but don't kill him, which I found interesting. Um, I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead I too. And clearly I don't understand the rules of adjudication. <laughs> John comes back to New York and uh, meets up with Zero. They have a little interaction, so he knows those guys are after them. Um, he meets up with Winston, who he's supposed to kill, and uh, Winston kind of doesn't really talk him out of it. I was never under the impression that John was going to kill him in the first place, so that the tension in that scene is kind of non-existent but the end result is they're going to work together against the high table um so the adjudicator deconsecrates the continental and that gives winston free reign to give john access to the armory he asks him what john needs and keanu channels neo and says he needs guns lots of guns um, but like I said, we get Lance Reddick, who's like, finally gets to do some shit, uh, tells them that the bad guys have really good armor. So they go out there, they shoot a bunch of guys. It doesn't work very well. One thing I really loved about this fight is that it, it finally raises the stakes in a fight for John. Um, we've, we've seen his kind of gun food double tap like through each of these movies and it's it's rewarding and it's really satisfying when he does that but it was it was nice that there was kind of a level up in the baddies 
Um, and he couldn't just double tap everybody in the head. He's dealing with helmets. He's dealing with armor. Um, yeah. this the, felt very much like a, like a video game, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. We've made it to the mm -hmm. next, <laughs> this is like the boss battle situation here. The one part that I didn't like about this is like the, the continentals deconsecrated Winston's like, we're going to go to war with the high table. He says a minor skirmish, whatever. So that means all of the staff of the Continental has to fight too. And the staff of the Continental seems woefully unprepared to fight anyone. Like these people are just gunned down. I don't, yeah, I don't understand what out. the point was there. Um, so they, they kill all the, the high table people while Winston <laughs> waits in his vault, which is among my favorite, like Ian McShane moments is like, he doesn't fight, uh, which leads to the sort of long drawn out, uh, glass room fight with John and Zero's students. Um, John leaves Zero's sort of students to live. They were respectful towards him while they were trying to kick his ass. He stabbed Zero directly through the chest, which was very confusing because Zero's still talking, which I, I've never been stabbed through the chest, so I don't know. It seems... <laughs> Unlikely. Uh-huh. Um, at which point the adjudicator kind of, you know, realizes what's that things aren't going their way. So she asks for a parlay with Winston, who explains that his rebellion was a show of strength. I don't know if I buy that. This whole scene seems like it's on shaky dialogue ground, but mm -hmm. but she buys it. Mm -hmm. Um, and John shows up and is like, okay, well, if you're going to go back to the high table, what happens to me? And Winston's like, well, obviously you have to die. Shoots him several times and John falls off the hotel. Um, the Continentals reconsecrated, the adjudicators like taken off. And before she does, she goes around the corner to look for John's corpse and it's gone. Um, which is all, again, narratively a little suspect because even if Winston shot him with blanks or shot him where his body armor was, whatever bullshit they're going to come up with in the fourth one to explain it, <laughs> John, like, smashes into a lot of stuff from a very high fall. So oh yeah, I still don't see how he survived that, but it's fine. It's an action movie. Um, what we learn is that the TikTok man, Jason Manzukis, gets to come back, has found John and delivers him to the Bowery King, um, where he asks John if he is angry. And the terrible line of dialogue that Andrew referenced earlier, John just says, yeah. And that's the big climactic <laughs> moment line. we go out on. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's just... I mean, we've heard him say, yeah, 400 times in this series. I just don't think it's the way to end the movie. That's all. Ugh. Anyway. At least he doesn't say, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why would he ever say that in that moment? That would be really strange. It would be totally strange, but that's what Keanu Reeves is contractually bound to say in every movie, isn't he? They, you know, they have referenced the, <laughs> the Matrix so many times now. 
you know, the guns, lots of guns. There is literally a lobby shootout. You know, it's fine. Don't, but no woes. I can't. That's a bridge too far for me. Everything else in this movie checks out. <laughs> I mean, weren't weren't uh, John Wick four and Matrix four due pre COVID to open on the same day? Same day. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, who the hell knows what's going on? But <laughs> that, who knows? That would have been a very interesting weekend for sure. That would have seen me in theaters for God hours and straight hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, As I just seriously. leave one and walk into the other and then walk back. <laughs> it would have been so much like Lawrence Fishburne and John and Keanu Reeves. It would have been delightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's John Wick, Chapter Three, Parabellum. I feel like we're all pretty much on the same wavelength for this one. In terms of where we, where we, uh, how we feel about it, but at the high level, what we like to do, Angelica, is is just ask the question: Yes, no. Do you ultimately recommend this film? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. And it's it's just because of the length of this film. If it was thirty minutes shorter, yeah. it would be a full yeah, two thumbs it, up. If the editing was better and it was a little tighter, I could probably swallow my other issues with the film. But the length of it, you know, I feel like I'd only recommend it for Keanu diehards and, like, people who really want to see, like, most action movies and really like action flicks. But beyond that, you know, I'm not so sure about recommending it. Okay. Okay. Eric, if you had to give it a yes-no, you recommending this thing? Yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. Ultimately, I I do enjoy the parts that I enjoy quite a bit, um, mm. but it it just it could just be tighter. There's a good movie in there, and they 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 got they got greedy. They went too big with their sequel. Um, so yeah, it's a recommend for me. All right, I am also going to recommend this film. Uh, if for no other reason than this is the type of movie that I like to see. These films, as they as they get bigger, they still show me something I've never seen before. If it's an action set mm. piece or something along those lines. And I really appreciate that. Like, it's very clear Chad loves this genre. And he is very adept totally. at directing it. So I would love to see more from him that might... I mean, clearly he will direct all of these until they... <laughs> Just putter out, but if, if I would that's love to what see you him like, do something else. Yeah, if that's what you like about these, you should definitely revisit the Mission Impossible stories because, aside from the fact that Tom Cruise really wants to die on film, <laughs> there there are yes, I've seen those. <laughs> there are jumping some, out of airplanes and shit, <laughs> breaking his the, legs. There, there's some really great sort of escalation of like the the ideas in it that is that is a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. That has been logged. So uh, Whitney and I have been here since the beginning. We have a running list of the films, uh, Keanu films that we have watched and ranked. Eric, you have a, a pretty formidable list as well. We got Angelica's in the beginning, which was just the top five. No. I'm going to start with Angelica. So, we, so thus far we have watched 62. This will be our 63rd Keanu film. If you had to put this in your list somewhere, just based on all the Keanu films you've seen, 
what are you thinking? Like top 25%, top half, bottom half, just broad strokes. It, it would, it would definitely be in the top half. Okay. I do still enjoy the movie, even though I'm bitching about how long it is. Cause apparently I'm an old woman who wants her movies like they were in 1947 or whatever, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> all right. Top half. I dig it. I dig it. Eric, you have John Wick Chapter 2 as your number one Keanu movie and John Wick as your number four Keanu movie. Where's number three going to go? Yeah, but as I've previously discussed, a lot of that is kind of... I'm not, I'm not creating my rating on quality. I'm creating my rating on, like, what movie would I grab off the shelf that I want to see? Um, yeah. So I'm looking over this list and hmm, I think this probably goes around like nine or ten for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like this or I would watch this probably before like the replacements. <laughs> but more than Constantine? I don't know. I really like Constantine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's probably my number 11. It probably goes after Constantine. I would probably watch Constantine before I'd watch this. Interesting. All right. All right. Look at you. Didn't even make the top 10. I understand. I understand. Uh, I'm probably actually going to put this right at number 10 for me. This This makes... This makes the top 10, uh, but I do not know if it will stay there based on the remaining films we have in his catalog. In fact, I can almost guarantee that it will not stay in the top 10 for me based on, I don't know, maybe something that came out pretty recently. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so I was yeah, going to say, you've got uh, like Destination Wedding in your top 10. I mean. No, I don't. That's Whitney. Oh, that's Whitney. All right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what the My what? Top, yeah. She loved that movie. Hey, you know, it's a delightful surprise. Delightful surprise. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not the, it's not necessarily, it's like what you said. It's like, you're going down. You're like, I have all these Keanu movies in front of me on a shelf and I'm not going for the, the best film or the one that has the most impactful story. It's the one, you know, what am I watching to really just enjoy and, and slip into? So yeah. Uh, look, anytime I act up, just remind me, I've got Johnny Mnemonic in my top 10 and I'll shut up. Right. You could have put you could have put this movie above Johnny Mnemonic, and you did not. So. No, I would watch I would watch Johnny Mnemonic before this, no question. <laughs> Unbelievable. That brings us to next week, where I will be walking us through Toy Story Four. Uh, we have three episodes left. Toy or four episodes left. Toy Story Four. <laughs> How many episodes are there? Yeah, four left. Toy Story 4. Have you, you, Eric, I know you've seen this. Angelica, have you seen Toy Story 4? No, and I probably won't see it anytime soon, to be honest. Interesting. Can I ask, have you seen the first, have you seen, you've seen the first Toy Stories or, or no? Yeah, I've seen the first two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are you, uh, is Pixar not, uh, they don't do it for you? 
Yeah, they don't really light my fire, to be honest. I've enjoyed Pixar movies, but I, you know, Pixar doesn't, as a brand, doesn't necessarily make me run out to the theaters. Although, no one is running out to theaters at all right now, so. (laughs) That's true. It's a perfect time to catch up on Pixar. No, I'm just, (laughs) if it doesn't do it for you. (laughs) Understood, understood. Uh, Keanu has a, a, a... Pretty significant role in Toy Story 4. It was more than the cameo I thought it was going to be. So. Oh, okay. That makes me actually maybe more interested now. And for hmm. for reference, it's just he plays a Canadian motorcycle stuntman, which actually really describes Keanu Reeves in real life also. So, <laughs> you, know, yeah. not, you know, not too far from the truth. So uh, I'll be walking us through that. That'll be great. Um Looking forward to revisiting it. I think I saw that shortly after it came out of theater. Oh, no, I saw that in theaters, so, uh, but not since. So cool. That's it. We did it. We did it, everyone. All right. So, Angelica, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us, give us your thoughts on, on this film and everything else. Uh, can you let people know? where they could find you all over the internet? (laughs) Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Angelica Bastian, and that's the best way to reach me. I'm also on Instagram at Angelica Jade Bastian, and I write for Vulture. So literally go to vulture.com. You'll probably see me on the homepage. That's the place I write at most. There you go. There you go. Eric? Uh, where is the best place to find you across the internet? Uh, I am not on the internet very much these days because everything is a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> but if fair. you're looking for me, <laughs> if you're looking for me, uh, I tweet and Instagram under the handle Platypus Jones, all one word. Um, and, uh, the, uh, podcast that Whitney and I did uh, where we watched all of the Fast and the Furious movies in 48 hours, sorry, 72 hours, uh, should be coming out uh, (laughs) soonish. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, that's But I'll help if you need help. (laughs) If you need help, I'll help out if you need to. If you need like hosting or whatever, I'll, you know, I can hook you up. Okay. All right. We'll talk offline. All right. (laughs) You can uh, find and follow me at Dark Driving on Twitter and Instagram. And then the uh, second coolest place I've been hanging out, uh, I guess third after those two, is uh, on YouTube. If you do a search for the primary storyline, that is my channel where I teach uh, video editing, audio editing, that sort of thing. They, uh, I don't have many videos on there because I tend to just do live streams. So I kick it up. Um, a notification gets sent out if you follow me, and we just walk through. People ask questions, I answer them. It's it's a lot of fun. Generally goes about an hour, something like that, and uh, you can learn a lot. So if you want to start a podcast, want to do some video essays, come and join. It'll be a lot of fun. And just to point out, if you subscribe to the channel, you won't get notifications. You have to click on the little bell, um, which is super helpful the- for go live. <laughs> Sorry, what? I- I believe the kids say smash the bell, Eric. I'm 40-something years old, Andrew. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, just you can use that information now. Good to know. All right. That brings us to the end. Thank you so much to both of you. Thank you to the uh, listeners, the chat for hanging out this entire time. We see you, all that great stuff. Uh, I'm going to press this button, which does something cool. Yes. In the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Dudes.